tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Legend of Korra After Show, Episode 5, Enemy at the Gates. Do you have your Jude Law jokes ready to go, Tori Miller? They're right here in my pocket, John. Excellent. That appears to just be your hand, and you reached into nothingness. So you did just, Does nobody get my emails? Are we not prepared ever on no. the show? No. <laughs> just no. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, expect uh, expect a lot of puns and references to an early aughts movie starring Jude Law set in Stalingrad. As with Enemy at the Gates, we're going full law. <laughs> yes. But, ladies and gentlemen, be- introductions first. I'm John Quick, and joining me this week is Mr. Tori Miller. Hey, hey. And unfortunately, Miss Liz Rishmaui uh, came back from Japan and she caught a sudden case of death. Or, I mean, not death, sorry. <laughs> sudden case of death. <laughs> sorry, no, I went dying. We were joking about that earlier. That's, wow. Yeah, um, she's alive, very much so. Um, but she is super jet-lagged and sick. Uh, send her your well wishes on the Twitters and all that stuff. Um, and hopefully she will be back with us next week to talk about future episodes. But let's go ahead and unpack this episode. And it gets true to its name. We start off. Cre- credits up. Uh, you know, um, credits Franco, open. Cre- yeah, credits over. Fade in. We just have... Zalfu, not Zalfus, we have the entire Earth Empire army marching on Zalfu. It's, yeah, it was such a sight. Like, uh, I mean, it, it really showed how much Kuvera has essentially gathered her empire. And, like, her army is bigger than what anything, anyone that has ever seen before. Nope, I'm gonna use words in the stream. <laughs> anyway, it was a massive army and everyone knew that she meant business. Yeah, they, it reminded me like of the opening scenes in um, Last Airbender when you would have that like reveal of the Fire Nation army. It was yeah. like, you know, the, all the ships and the troops like just coming in through the background. Like, where this is... I mean, there are a lot of allusions and a lot of people have been pointing out from Kuvira to Sozin. Mm-hmm. And this is just, I think, just another one of them. I think that the the creators of the shows that we're going to see later, Kuvira mirroring Sozin's words to Avatar Roku. Right. And as I think those allusions are going to keep going, and we're and that's where we're going with that. Ah, talking today is difficult. Yeah. I mean, we're just, our minds are so blown with this episode I, that uh, we just can't even get through it. <laughs> that That's the excuse we're going with. Well, much like our minds are blown, like, the security force of Zaofu is immediately, like, ring, ringing the bells and, like, you know, alert, it's like, alert Su Yin, and we just see Su Yin, ride, like, doing the dramatic elevator ride that you always see in, like, you know, these tense kind of situations. She right. gets... 
she gets back up and her husband's like, we, we need to inform President Raiko. He'll send the United Forces. And she's just like, call whoever you want. They'll never get here in time. Yeah. I mean, because there's no way that Zaofu could defend itself. It's like probably a hundred something people strong um, against this massive force. And like. Who are mostly metal benders because. It's made up of a lot of citizens from Zaofu, not just including Batar and Kuvira. And even then, like, okay, none of your defenses are going to work because, well, one of the people that's attacking helped design them. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, at this point, she's she would have to hope for the diplomatic solution. But, I mean... But as- Sue's not hoping for a diplomatic solution. Sue wants to go to war. I- I, I almost think I almost think if she had a big red button that was just like a blow it all up just so that Kuvira couldn't get it, I'm not I'm not like certain that she wouldn't press it. She, uh, yeah, well, because she's so stubborn, she's definitely Toph's daughter. Um, but I, can you blame her? I mean, this is a this is a community that she's built with her own two hands. She's raised it from nothing, and then now it's this person that was her understudy trying to take it away from her. Well, not just to understudy her son, and her son has, like, some of the harshest words. So we go from Su Yin in, in the Zafu command room, and now we're on the the, tra- um, the train with Kuvira and Batar. And Batar is almost giddy with the knowledge that, you know, he's like, I'm ready to take this by force. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not sure where his, like, the only, we only get a hint. It's where his resentment is coming from, but it is, like, vicious. Um, I mean, it's it. He obviously has like daddy issues that, as we find yeah. later. But like, I mean, to me, his character has always kind of come off as someone who's just trying to like prove himself for the sake of making himself seem like someone important. It it doesn't actually feel to me like he is really behind this a hundred percent. More just like he's doing it because he feels like it's what he needs to do as someone who's part of Kuvira's gang. I guess so, and well, and even as well as Kuvira points out to him, like you know, the eyes of the world, like the eyes of the world are honest. Like after she did her big proclamation, like a couple of episodes ago, she knows that the world leaders are watching, and Zaofu is this shining utopia. So if she just goes in and wrecks it, mm-hmm. you know, she knows it's going to reflect badly on herself. And as she says, like she wants to use Bolin to apparently talk Su Yin into giving up peacefully. Right. Well. Why Bolin of any of everybody? I mean, I get that he's like he's super lovable, um, but he's n- in no way a diplomat. I mean, he's good with like kids and animals, but like there's no way he could talk politics. There's no way he could broker a deal between two people. Well, especially since like we're, we're learning that in this episode, the Kuvira has been using some really, really dictatory th- methods. <laughs> Elsewhere, and Sue is like fully aware of them, but I think that there's, I think that she has a bigger plan, and we'll get into that into predictions yeah. much later on here as to what her like eventual plan is. But you know, as she's putting up this facade of she doesn't want to fight, we're seeing also approaching now Zaofu. We have Cora and the kids mm-hmm. flying flying in on left. That's not Lefty. It's it's Pepper. Pepper, yeah. Flying in on Pepper and Milo just excited because Avatar fight. <laughs> I feel like he was the the reflection of the audience where it's like, you guys are going to fight, right? And she's like, no. And it's like, but but you're the Avatar. Like, that's what you do. 
See, you can you only saw things with your fist. Admittedly, that's all Korra does. But yeah. we see Korra like we've we've talked at least in last season how Korra has changed, and we're like we're seeing a lot more of that. But we also see the uncertainty in her. She's just like, I'm gonna try something new, and I don't know how it's going to work because I'm not that good at it. Yeah, I mean, because Aang probably could have pulled it off. Like he's he is a smooth talker like and he has a sense a, a sense of zen about him. But like she has as we said always solved things with like violence. If it's if it can be beat up, it can be solved. Um but like and this is actually super refreshing as a, an audience member to see her trying to figure out everything that she's essentially learned from her villains and trying to see how she can apply it. Well, it'll be an interesting experiment. And speaking of experiments, I this every single time Varric shows up. Now we're going to to Varric and the Spirit Vine experiment. Mm-hmm. Every single time Varric does something like I know he's in a lot of ways a despicable human being and a despicable character, but I love watching. Him. <laughs> I guess it's because like he's kind of like he's kind of like Robert Downey. He's a kid's version of Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Right. He really is. Just handing off like we found out like he's he's been making up his own me- measurement units like oh, yeah. this weighs two ju- he hands Julie the the piece of spirit vine saying that it weighs two Julies. Yeah. I like that Julies are we- we- are weight and uh Variks are energy. <laughs> yeah, like measurements of power versus yeah. measurements of weight just just goes to show how Variks can, you know, view his most loyal <laughs> <laughs> assistant which will come back to bite him. But yeah. I'd like to see the the conversion the the chart of conversion for that. How many julies are in a pound? Well, you know, they, I'm sure, I'm sure they've actually made it up. I mean, they made up the entire board to pro bending and ha- and the rules to how that works. I'm, I would be very surprised if they didn't. Somebody on the internet, get on that. Give us a julie conversion chart from either pounds or grams. <laughs> yes, I need it. I need this. Uh, if I'm going to start my own uh, avatar measurement system that will be accepted by the United States and Europe, the unifying measurement system, uh, I'm going to need a chart, guys. And people, you know, without a chart, there's no way the government's going to take us seriously when it's we true. go in telling them that we need to weigh everything in Julie's. <laughs> no way whatsoever. But... As we see, we see Varric talking about, like, basically his, I guess, the unified theory of spirit vines, as he's saying that these vines are just a manifestation of some kind of unstable energy, and he's trying to figure out a way to take that energy from the vines and store it in a bat, and store it in some yeah, kind like of battery. Like battery. Form, yeah. And as we see, like, you know, the, the mad scientist, you know, flip the switch, like, it's going, is just like, two Varricks. Three Variks, five Variks, and then just everything goes wrong. Is this? Is it's apparently just this small strip of vine just has far too much energy for even for him to contain. Yeah, I mean it blasts a hole into the back of the train with a scream of "There are too many Variks!" It <laughs> just yeah, boom, just coming out the ba- just coming out the back, which. Then we get to see Varric do something somewhat heroic before he completely screws it up as he saves Julie's while, Julie while criticizing her weight. Yeah. You, need to, you lose a few Julie's. And then he pulls her right in and says, Sir, you saved me. Of course I did. It's like, without you, how would I clean this mess up? <laughs> get a broom. Aww. 
Um, I thought they were going to have such a touching uh, moment there. It, it was it, it was set up for it to be a very touching moment. Even Varric's like expression in the animation was mm-hmm. was like lover eyes animation. You you've seen it in anime and everything else. Yeah. With the, <laughs> with the sparkles and the, the shine. Yeah, like that just needed to be in. The, if that was in there, I think it would have been a bit over the top. But Maybe. I'm sure some. I'm sure it could have been put in there. Maybe it was on the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> some sad animators like, but I put the, the swizzle on. But they put the, the sparkles. <laughs> but, um, of course, we when we see, like, outside the train, just the massive black, it blows out the entire back half, back part of that car. Yeah. And then we see Kuvira running in. It's just like, what happened? Are we under attack? And then Varric, for some inexplicable reason, has grown a conscience <laughs> And is telling her, like, we cannot continue this experiment. This is far too dangerous. Yeah. And even and Batar's just like, this has never been a concern of yours before. There, it grows a conscience. It's super ineffective. <laughs> I like how he's describing it. It's like, it's like, there's this voice in my head telling me right from wrong. And Julie's like, that's your conscience, sir. <laughs> I have one of those. Well, I have one of those now. I guess we got to shut it off. And then Kuvira immediately, like, going to... Darth Vader references Kuvira mm-hmm. is essentially force choking him, leading him o- over the leading him over the track, saying it's like, well, now the voices in my head are telling me that you need to die. <laughs> Should I just go with it? And he goes, no, voices in your head are liars. They're always liars. <laughs> um, I, oh, man, just him grow like him becoming a uh, a righteous character in that moment served really well to kind of counter her dark, mo- like her. Her showing her true colors, essentially. Um, but I really, I want to know what her plan is for these vines. The only thing that I can think of with these vines is, like, because they're such a super weapon, and again, going back to the analogy with Sozin, Sozin used a super weapon, which was the comet, right. to destroy the Air Nation, yeah. which was then going to be used by Ozai to destroy the Earth Kingdom, as we've seen with, like, each one of these enemies, they use a super weapon for absolute annihilation. I think that Kuvira knows that the uh, once she takes Zalfu, that other world leaders may be coming for her because there's still the Fire Nation, there's still the Water Tribes, right. and there's still the United Forces, and none of them are really all that cool with what she's doing. Yeah. But if, but more than that, there's also the Avatar. She needs something. Like not, we've seen that literally nothing can really stand up to the Avatar when they're in the Avatar state, short of a complete sneak attack, right? Or metal poison, but that's well, neither here nor there. Well, yeah, well, the, well, the metal poison was getting her eventually, but they induced the bad side. <laughs> We're going to continue on, right? Um, yeah, which, yeah. which as they're approaching, which as they're approaching Zalfu, um. Kuvira and Batar decide that they're going to cue Bolin into their inner circle, as they say, because they, which Bolin, like, he's, he's kind of a hapless idiot, but he may, in the, in a lot of ways, but he may, like, I can see why Kuvira keeps him around. He makes a fantastic mascot. Like, not only is he world famous as, like, a mover star mm-hmm. and a friend of the Avatar, he's such an affable, lovable goof that when he tells people everything's going to be alright, I think they believe the, him. Yeah. And they want him to negotiate with Sue because Kuvira – I don't think Kuvira for a second believes that they can that they can take Zaofu without resorting to force. But 
but, she wants to give the pretense of it, I'm guessing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely shows as a gesture that, hey, you know, I used this person who everyone knows and loves to uh, to broker a deal, and it didn't work. If he can't do it, then no one can. Yeah. And we see, and but, you know, we also know, like, Bolin is starting to, like, see the facade crumble like as like the shutters open up and he re- reveals that like they're on the train and he sees the entire army and he just says don't you think the the army sends the wrong message that we're here for peace yeah and she's like this is just a show of force and it's like and he, and even he is like he's not like even he like if you're if bolin is starting to see the cracks yeah in your master scheme plan then yeah, you're you're starting to get transparently evil. Um, well, I'm glad it like finally came to a head because like it was it was kind of bothersome that he was so blind to everything that she was doing. No, no matter what anyone told him, whether it be Mako or um, Opal, Opal, like he just wasn't having it. And then finally, now the curtain's gone, and he sees through her uh, her evilness. Yep. I, I get, or just like her, he's starting to see her ambition. Which even when he's when he gets into like the the room for the negotiations, like so much tension, so much there's so much bad blood in there. Because first off, Su Yin wants to, I think, smack her son and kill Kuvira. Yeah, and there's there's no there's just no getting around any of that. Like all of the family in there, and Bolin is trying to bring everyone together but even as Ofa said you've chosen your side and Bolin's like well but there's no sides here come on guys we're all on the same team and like he doesn't even realize that there's a game playing right and just at the end of the I do love it how it like at the end of the day even though he's trying to convince everybody and he goes up to wing and way and he's just like come on guys high five and they're like ignoring him and say, oh fine that's cool <laughs> and then Su Yin just confronts Kuvira and like I can't believe you tried to use Bolin and I guess, like, I guess it's comforting to know that other people don't see see Bolin for kind of the puppet that Kuvira is using him for, as opposed to truly believing. Because I, if I knew Bolin, I don't know if I would really believe that he could go along with everything that Kuvira does. Right. I mean, yeah, because he's he's so innocent to a fault that uh, not in a million years you'd think that he would be this right hand to a dictator. Um, but like. And that's ah, that's still what gets me is that like he's, and I'm glad that at at a certain point he's like, oh yeah, this is a thing, and they try to get away because if he would have continued after this point, it would have been so out of character um, that you kind of would have wished I, him gone. Yeah, no, he he wouldn't have really been himself, and I mean. After, like, Kuvira drops the ultimatum on Sue, it says, you have 24 hours or I'm coming in. Yeah. Which I think, like, there there was some reviewers online that were saying that it's just like, oh, that's a weird flip-flop for her. I think that was a calculated move, which we'll get into predictions as to what I think she's going to use that for. But as they leave and Bolin is with her and Batar back on the train, mm-hmm. and he's just like, do we really have to resort to violence and she's like, I gave her, like, all the options in the world. And he's like, well, why, why can't we just, like, why can't we just let this one go? Like, why do we have to take literally everything? Yeah. I, I mean, he does kind of have a point. Because even though Zalfu was within the Earth Kingdom before, it wasn't like the Earth Queen seemed to be able to enforce anything upon them. Yeah. Like, it, it almost would be just like, you know, it's like, why, it's like, why not just leave Zalfu alone? Well, because 
I mean, it's I'd say it's twofold. If you let one place go, then that shows leniency, and it it would make the other territories go, well, why can't we be our own separate state? Um, and then on the other hand, it's also super personal for Kuvira because, I mean, she actively, uh, I mean, she believed in Suyin, and then essentially they had their, their passing of parting of ways, and so she has to prove that she was right, right. in the end. Yeah, and well, we seen like Bolin in this moment where he's just like, I don't think I'm inner circle material. When they're when he was talking about, it, it's like you know, I because Opal in the scene before was telling him, it's just like, haven't you been to the places like after she leaves? There's like there's forced labor, there's conscription there, and if no and if anybody defies, they go they go into re-education camps. And then we see Bolin on the train. He's like, well, you know, and like he's, as he's starting to put these together, he's like, well, you know, she, Opal's kind of right. I didn't, we've never gone back to any of those places. I don't know what happens to them. Um, what exactly does? And then when Kuvira, and then when like Kuvira gets into his face about him like questioning, you know, her leadership, and she tells him, it's like, we might need to send you to a re-education camps. And he's just like, I thought we were sending people there to learn new trade skills. Is that's not what's happening? Because I, I guess, like, maybe they don't have it. But, like, any time like, you hear the... There's never been a positive connotation <laughs> with we're sending you to a re-education camp. Right. Um, yeah, no. There's... I, I couldn't even imagine a place it's like we're a re-education camp we're going to teach you new things it's like no we're going to change everything that you know it's yeah there's brainwashing has never exactly been you know a positive thing which i don't even i don't even know like i don't know if it's like necessarily a brainwashing thing that's going on there or just a we will it's just like a beatings will continue until morale improves right I mean, yeah, I'm assuming it's kind of like what the uh, the Dai Li were doing with the airbenders in uh, the last season, where it's like they're gathering anyone who is dissenting and going, you're going to do this, otherwise you're, you'll die or you'll be stuck here forever. And so, like, we just see that, like, he, like even though, like, Bo Lin is like, no, 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 I'm loyal, and, like, does the little salute, but, like, you can tell that, one... He's gone from now. He he can't stay, and Kuvira also sees that, which puts Bolin in a very dangerous place. Right. But speaking of dangerous places, as now Korra has come into Zalfu along with the kids, and she's talking with Sue, and Korra's trying to get a feel for the situation. And Korra has been well, Korra's been out of the world, so she doesn't quite know what Kuvira has been up to. And she asks Sue, like, well, what exactly happened to mm-hmm. cause all of this? And then we see in this flashback of Tenzin and Raiko came to Su Yin three years ago to basically ask her to do what Kuvira, you know, then ended up doing. Right. And Su Yin refused. And at that moment, like, Kuvira was just like, shouldn't we... Shouldn't we do this? Zalfu, you know, shouldn't we share our culture with other people as opposed to denying it? Well, I mean, but I, I see Suyin's part, uh, Suyin's point in that, like, she couldn't, there's no way to go around, like, you know, bringing order without becoming a dictator. I mean, I think that Suyin would have been more inclined once they were all united to give her, her seat up, but she's also not a fan of, 
like kings and queens anyway. So why she would essentially be becoming what she didn't want to be in the first place. But then, like as even as President Raiko said, it's just like it's created a power vacuum. We need somebody to take it. And really, I gotta fault Su Yin for not doing anything at this moment. Like if it's not like somebody is going to step into power right now, if you don't. Like, we know, like, you know, it's just, like, one of those things, like, Su Yin is just one of the, like, maybe she could have united, and then, like, afterwards, she would have actually abdicated power, but, like, we see, we know for a fact that Kuvira isn't. Right. Well, but thing, that's the thing uh, that gets me, is that, like, if, if anything, they're, they're placing all this burden on one person, where it, they could have easily tried to gather the leaders of all the different nations and been like, alright, we're gonna try to put our armies together and then bring order as a united front, as opposed to going, hey, you're uh, a leader in the Earth community, you do it. I guess so, but it's also, it's also one of those things of like, if they did that, if the United Republic and the other ones, they would be straight up invaders. Where if it's Su Yin that does it, then like the other members of the Earth of the Earth Kingdom would have a, like a much easier time, like you know, accepting it. I guess maybe, but like like either way, like you know, Su Yin's refusal causes Kuvira to basically, I guess, like plot. Um, a rebellion. She takes. She says she's taking the entirety of Zalfu's like defense force, some of its richest citizens, and you know, Batar. Right. Are all like they just get into these airships and they leave to go to Bossing Say to restore order. And after her success at Bossing Say, that's when the other the other world leaders were just like, okay, yeah, somebody did it. All right, here you're the provisional like you know ruler du jour. And then everything just kind of went south from there. But I do think, like, in those early stages when we see Kuvira, I don't, like, I don't know when the dictator took over. (laughs) Because I think in the beginning, Kuvira was right in Mm -hmm. that somebody needed to step up and she was willing to do it. But I don't think that, I think, I don't know at what point that that change occurred. Uh I mean, I'm sure we'll find out as it goes on, but I mean, I assume that as she was going along and saw how successful she was becoming, um, and also how she was gaining so many supporters, to her it only made sense that she would rule Mm. the whole empire. And then Sue at that moment, as Korra's trying to find a diplomatic solution, Sue is just like, no, just smash. Just go (laughs) Korra smash on her. And, of course, as you know, we see, as we see, like, right afterwards, Korra doesn't smash core actually goes and has a conversation with kuvira in which like she tries to get kuvira to stand down but kuvira basically like hits her back with i've had to make a lot of tough decisions while you've been out of the world to make this right and i think if like and all of it sounds good until you remember the re-education camps right and, you know, I guess, like, because Cora doesn't know about that, that's, like, the one thing that, like, once that gets out, nobody's going to be on her side. Yeah. Which... I mean, and I'll get into predictions with this, but, like, I mean, now we're going to get to experience it uh, later on. Yeah. Uh, which I'm get, Which, you know, we're going to see some people get sent to the re-education camps, namely Bolin. So, yes. Bolin, like, after he, you know, basically learned his lesson, breaks Varric and Julie out of, you know, their little, out of their car in their prison, and they steal, like, 
three mechs and are like trying to march off into the sunset. And Bolin is trying to tell them, it's like, we have to go back and help Zalfu. And Varric, being basically kind of the coward that he is, is like, no, we should go to the, you know, the United Republic and warn them. Because that's, that, that puts me over there. Right. Where the, where the action isn't. <laughs> Classic Varric. Varric. And, but then, like, right on their heels comes Batar and two other, and two other earthbenders in, in their mechs. And then we get what is, undoubtedly the best fight scene I've seen yes. in, like, I don't want to say this is the best fight scene in the series, but it might as well be because they're mechs. <laughs> yes. It was great. Um, and just, like, having these mechs essentially simulate, like, other bending and all that stuff, and just, ah, uh, man, the the collaboration of 3D animation and 2D animation, it was r- ridiculous. Coming to get, like, yeah, like, the, the just the wires moving out of the way, the flamethrowers, the lightning bolts, it was yeah. so, like, it was awesome, but then it was also great to see how Bolin was able to undo almost all of it with just good old-fashioned magma bending. Oh, yeah. Just takes two of them straight out in one go, and like everything looks good until Batar holds up Varric, and then that's when everything's over, and they're brought before Kuvira, who's gonna lay a sentence down on them. Like basically, she's going to send Julie and Bolin to their harshest re-education camp, and then Varric is going to be locked up to continue to work on what's basically the Avatar universe's Manhattan Project, right? But it's this moment that we see just something break apart. You, do you want to go? You want to? You want to reveal this one? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, at this point, we we get Julie, who is very little spoken up until now, uh, begging for forgiveness, and she essentially uh, relinquishes all loyalty to Varric and pledges to Kuvira in order to escape these uh, these reeducation camps, and. I personally was wondering if it was legitimate or if she uh, is having a play. I, I don't quite know on that. It seemed legit to me. Yeah. But you could be very right. I mean, Varric is a kind of guy who always thinks ahead, and I wouldn't be surprised if in future episodes, like, what do you mean, Julie, betray me? Psh, you got a kitten, kid. <laughs> yeah. But she, t- she tells the guards to do the thing. Yes. <laughs> Best betrayal line <laughs> ever. ever. And... As far as we can tell, it looks like just Bolin is just, I guess he's on the next train to um, re-education city. Yeah. He's going to learn some trades, like torture (laughs) and sadness. And how to receive all of those. (laughs) But, and then, and then let's like write it, and then just to kind of like wrap all of that up with them we see like after Korra has gotten back to Zalfu after talking with Kuvira she finds out from Suyin's husband that Ku- that um Suyin and then Wing and Wei have snuck out of Zalfu and are going to the and are going to basically make an assassination attempt on Kuvira and that's where pff, credits yeah which is which is like a great out yeah um, ah, oh man, I am excited for that assassination attempt. Though, like, I mean, it's politically the worst it's, move you can make. It really is. But, you know, there was a minor sea story going on in this episode. only really had, like, two or three scenes between Asami and her father, Hiroshi, which was weird when we, like, in the, when we had, like, the, in the setup going into the episode is, like, we were getting the recap that they mentioned Hiroshi's. We haven't seen him in almost two seasons. And now he comes in, and now we see him and Asami meeting, and there's this 
just like f- completely mirroring what's going on as we see in Zaofu, the family falling apart with Hiroshi and her father. We see them like finally like coming back together. Yeah. Which the only thing that I can think of is like why – like I mean it's a great scene to show like just to give us more Asami time because, you know, no complaints there. Yeah, but then, seriously. But then also like that has to be that they're bringing Hiroshi back in his big redemptive moment and I'm doing predictions right now. We're going into predictions. <laughs> And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Yeah, you had a much better job doing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I think that Hiroshi is going to be introduced in his big redemption moment. Is he's going to basically build what is ever like the counter mechs mm-hmm. because he designed the original mechs right. that then these new ones are based off of. So I believe that that's where he's going to come in. He's going to, in the big final fight, the United Forces are going to be using that against Zalfu's battle mechs that would be great i mean we could always use more mech on mech battles oh god yeah i mean that's I, that has got to be the end all like i think the last episode is just going to be this big expensive battle scene and i <laughs> cannot wait for it i hope that his counter mech is other mechs fusing together voltron style because um, that would be amazing. That if we got like if especially if they were pow- like piloted by the Airbenders and they go like Megazord with them, <laughs> it's like because why not? They're all we're already comparing them to the Jedi. At right. least I have been this entire time. Why not do the Power Rangers as well? Yes. Um, can we make this happen? This is the thing. If it doesn't, it's going to be my fanfic. So. <laughs> <laughs> so one way or another, it's happening. Yes. And then going into, I'm not sure what like Kuvira is planning to do with these with these spirit vines, but I'm it's it's some kind of weapon to like either augment her bending ability to avatar levels mm-hmm. or just straight up we got a giant Death Star ray gun that's going to point at Korra because that that's like the only thing that is stopping her. Right. I mean, I'm assuming that uh kind of piggybacking off of that, it would be once she has her whole nation set up or her empire set up, then it'll be a way of defending it in case anyone wants to take it away from her. So, I mean, if you have your empire and then these super lasers stationed all around it, no one's going to mess with you. I don't No one could. Yeah. Even the Fire Nation, even if they had dragon artillery and air support, that's still not, yeah. Yeah. That's like the end all be all. And it could be that she's planning on doing a Sozin-style march to take out, to, first to take back the United Republic, because it'll be very easy for her to declare that the United Republic is just a Earth Kingdom state that is, you know, refusing to bow to her. Right. And then the Fire Nation will just be a wee bit of vengeance for a hundred year long war. <laughs> and then the Water Tribes will, I don't even know if she'll even try to conquer them. They'll yeah. just be like, yeah, I see you guys are both up and down there. Maybe you should stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> stay where you are and no one gets hurt. Um, yes, I want all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we get a lot more of these re-education camps. Like we heard the word dropped a million times this episode and now we get to one of our main characters going to one so i really want it i think that that's where bolin is going to end up and i think he's going to lead a revolt yeah and coming out of one i think that's what's his storyline going on in the future possibly joining with the air nomads which we've only seen opal and tenzin's kids 
and Kai, and we know that there's a lot more of them. Yeah. Just spread out throughout. And maybe they've been captured and put into these re-education camps, because we saw those one guys capture um, Iki and declare her a spy. Right. Okay. Um, that would be cool. Just to kind of... I mean, because... I mean, we're assuming this is all leading up to one giant thing. And just to have all of these uh, newly escaped rebel uh, uh, education camp people headed by Bolin would be an amazing finale. I think it would be a great turn for him, possibly meeting up with Mako and maybe Prince Wu will stop being so Prince Wu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, redemptive arc for Mm -hmm. Prince Wu, too. That'll all be good. Well, Tori, I think that wraps us up for this. Yes, sir half hour of show we'll see you guys all next week where can they uh, where can they find you on the interwebs you can find me on twitter at tari j that's t-a-u-r-i-j-a-y uh, you can also find me here at after buzz tv on assorted panels like the flash panel on tuesdays and also the arrow panel on wednesdays and i'm john quick you can follow me on twitter at, at now quick and guys don't forget to comment like share on the youtubes and also to five star and um, comment on us on the iTunes. We do actually get to read these comments, if we even if we don't get a chance always to respond. And it just lets our bosses know that you like what we're doing so we can keep on doing it. And also, don't forget, follow Miss Liz Rishmaui. I think it's like... Uh, Lizzie Maui. Yeah. At Twitter. And hopefully she will be back with us next week. And ladies and gentlemen, you enjoy your Sunday night. We'll see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 